Hey Jess, how does the guitar part go? It kind of sounds like doom doom Oh, like this? Take my pod, take my cast. Take me where the shows don't last. I don't care, I still see episodes I pay to stream. No more din, no more moth, no more take that helmet off. Now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. Well, this went well. No, it is. It's already going well. Welcome to the sudden but inevitable rewatch. I am your captain and host, as always, Jesse. I want to say hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are, to the sudden but inevitable family who's watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch this week. Uh, we just discovered that we have a pre-show chat. So I want to say hello to Shepherd Rosie. I want to say hello to Shepherd Callie. And I want to say hello to Rona. I can't believe that you are all here. It is alternatively almost 8 p.m. for them, almost 4 a.m. for them. And it's just, ugh, it's so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. Anyways, uh, 3 a.m. in Scotland? What was that, 2 a.m. in Scotland? I don't remember. We'll see it again. Anyways. Now that I've got my big, important thank yous out of the way, let's do some big, important introductions. With me, as always, this week is our bona fide companion, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing good. It's been a good week. Excellent. I'm so happy to hear that. Would you say you've encountered any turbulence this week in your shuttle? Uh, you know, it's been a pretty smooth week after last week's snowstorm. It's barely even hanging around, really, not causing any issues. That is excellent to hear. A nice turbulence-free ride is what we are always hoping to provide. The other two people that are always with us, of course, are our two first-time Firefly viewers, Josh and Kylie. Josh is the head of the Twist My Arm Network, and Kylie is his co-life host. How are you guys doing this week? Great. We're doing great. Doing well, yes. We're hanging out in the trash compactor. As you can see, I noticed that. The trash compactor. <laughs> Very famous mm. trash compactor. Oh, it's backwards. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's, let's see, how many are there? Because there's that one, and then there's like the one from the Ninja Turtles movie, and then that's. That was a trash truck, though, wasn't it? Pretty much it. I thought that well, was. Well, yeah, like but a, it was compacting trash. Right, fine. I mean, I guess. And he was in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, normally I would ask you guys how your week was, so let's go ahead and do that. How was your week this week? It was good. It was good. We uh, we got new couches. We're freaking bona fide oh, cool. adults. But yeah, it's true, and it's not couches. It's one giant oh, yeah. sectional one couch. couch. So that's yeah. super adulty. I've been oh. on. Yeah. I've been on that old couch. You guys definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our couches are well loved. They has they have served us well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People struggle on those couches for sure. <laughs> They're comfy, like they too are. comfy is and, the problem. And I sleep on them too much, so I need something good for my back. <laughs> yep, yep. So we're excited for that. They come tomorrow. It, it comes tomorrow. 
Sunday. It comes Sunday. tomorrow. It Today's is a sectional. Oh, yes. She's very excited about the sectional, Josh, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I it's shouldn't just, know. It oh. shows up whenever she wants it to show up. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not time for mistakes Yeah, I should have waited until Garama mistakes. <laughs> I've been like, I have one. Oh, well. <laughs> Already mistaken all over the place. It's okay. You can edit that in post. So... If you've been watching for the last few weeks, you know that here at Sudden But Inevitable, we have just been blessed with an amazing run of very talented, insightful guests that are all very nerdy and geeky, and they love Firefly. And it's just, it's my absolute pleasure and joy to introduce you to our latest guest in that run, Roy, the intrepid DM. Roy has recently been added to the Marvel Canon Madness podcast, which runs here on the Twist My Arm Network. And he also runs a bit of a stream over there on Twitch. Uh, Roy, why don't you tell us a little bit about that stream over there on Twitch? Yeah, I, so I run a Twitch based on uh, tabletop role-playing games. A uh, little bit of everything. I mean, not just your stereotypical Dungeons and Dragons. No, no, no. We go... We go out there, we do some Pathfinder, some Star Trek, we do Mutants and Masterminds, we even do the Serenity board game. So, we're all over the place, and uh, I, I'm so happy you guys have me on, you know, I, I watch, uh, I'm at work today, I did four episodes, <laughs> so, wow, uh, yeah, it, it was most That's... of the day. I appreciate it. I was going to say, that must have taken you six hours. Yeah. Uh, lucky I had a lot of window time today. I was traveling all over, making sales calls. So, you know, it's 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 always easier when you have something that doesn't put you to sleep. Tell you what. <laughs> we yeah, appreciate no that. Now, Some if I'm listening to Ricky D's, I probably would have wrecked. Just right, saying, yeah. you know. Let me qualify the immediate animosity that you may be sensing here. Roy... As a host of the MCM pod and Ricky as the host of Best Flicks with Ricky D, of course, uh, they're in a bit of a competition to see who can get to 100 followers first on Instagram. And there's some, there's Josh, what's downloads. the other? 100 downloads. Whoever, whichever podcast and whichever uh, Twitter handle gets to 100 followers and 100 downloads first gets a very cool in-network prize from us, the uh, other podcasters in the network. So if you haven't, go to Twitter and follow at BestFlixRickyD. Go to Twitter and follow at MCM underscore pod. Go to Twitter and follow at TwistMyArmCast. And I know you're already following at SuddenButt, so I'm not even going to tell you to do that. <laughs> I think that's basically everything that we need to say right up front. That having been said, what we like to do here is we like to issue some corrections for any Goram mistakes that we may have made in our carelessness in the last week. So, I have one correction. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a correction. I have one thing for this segment, but I'd like to offer Josh, Kylie, and Ricky a chance to go first. If you guys have a correction that you would like to offer up, go right ahead. I hate when he does this. Not here. <laughs> I got nothing. I, you know. Cool. Okay. No, this is not one of those situations <laughs> where I'm trying to trap you into something. <laughs> I fully understand why you would think that. Oh, my God. Um, so, 
You may remember a few episodes back, Roy, I don't know if you went far enough back. I'm kind of hoping that you did, but there's there's this one time where I was like, okay, I think that's it for our corrections. And Ricky D went, ah, uh, excuse me. And it was very like uncomfortable. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> and everybody's like, what's going on, Ricky D? What's the correction? And he's like, you're trying to hide stuff from our listeners. And I was like, am I trying to hide? What are you talking to? Like, I fully copped to what he said I did. And I told him, you can still go see what I cut out of the audio version in the video version. Um, but he made a big stink about it. It was justified from a certain point of view. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. The thing that Ricky called me out for was I had mentioned a quote from the episode after, right? Or like a moment that took place in the episode after the episode we were discussing. And he was like, then you cut that out to avoid spoiling it. And you don't want the audience to know you almost spoiled Josh and Kylie. No, I accused I you of like, cutting it out because you wanted to deceive people. You're the one that's right, concerned right. about spoilers. <laughs> right, right. I'm the one who's worried about Josh and Kylie's experience. You just want people to know I'm awful. <laughs> yeah. So the now here's the here's the funny part. Later in that very very same episode, Ricky re is referencing River and some conflict that she's in. Look at him roll his eyes, and she says, "I don't remember what she does," but Ricky goes. You know, then River threatens to like melt his brain, and Josh goes, Whoa, wait, what? And I totally played this off. I was like, Oh, see, look what you're doing. Uh, no, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, I don't want to no. jump on you. I don't want to jump on you. And Josh I'm was like, Okay, sure if okay. you go back more episodes than you already did <laughs> on the actual Firefly show, if you go back to either the pilot, Serenity, or if you go back to uh train job i'm almost positive river mentions her ability to melt people's brains i'm willing to suspend this correction until the end of the publication date of this podcast i will check i will verify and i will get back to you how does I'll that sound it also <laughs> if anybody out there knows off the top of their head but what episode that's in please put it in the chat uh to be clear <laughs> If this is a mistake that I made, it was completely a mistake that I made, and it's not that I was hiding anything from our listeners, and it's not based on any evil that's inside of me. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. I also made an honest mistake, and then you felt the need to assign evil to it. I'm going to say let's move on, because I think you and I can agree to disagree on this. Dude. Yeah, I wouldn't follow him on Instagram or Twitter or anything. So uh, why don't you go ahead, give me a look on uh, MCM Pod. You'll you'll enjoy it, guys. Oh my God. This is so bad. <laughs> Holy cow. In 2021, the branding wars began. Nobody was safe. Nobody could hide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, I would like to say hello to everybody watching and listening one last time before we get going. Ricky D, as we do every week, I would like to hand the duty of giving the synopsis of this week's episode, season one, sorry, episode 11, Trash, to you. Take it away, Ricky D. All right. Like you said, season one, episode 11, Trash. This aired on July 21st. Two th oh, uh, this did not air. 
That's the confusion Ever. I'm seeing. This never <laughs> aired. I'm seeing July 21st, 2003 in the UK. Yes. In so like 2004. Episode, yeah. <laughs> so this episode did not air with the original series. This is one, series. Of, one of three episodes that was made and did not air in the original run of the show. Hmm. So if you were watching this on TV back in 2002, you would not have seen this episode at all. It didn't exist to you. And that's that's kind of setting in on me that we're really running into the end of this. Ugh. Don't talk about it, Ricky D. Yeah, okay, let me go. <laughs> when Saffron crosses paths with Mal again, she asks him to help her rob a precious antique weapon from a wealthy man. Once Mal and Saffron are inside, they are discovered, and it is revealed that the man is married to Saffron. Although the man seems initially oblivious, he is aware of Saffron's true nature and call the authorities. Mal and Saffron escape, but Saffron betrays Mal, stranding him naked in the desert and tries to pick up the weapon. However, Inara gets there first. She leaves Saffron locked up in a storage container for the authorities, and the crew escapes with the weapon. Okay, so I'm going to say right away, I was very tempted to start this episode just naked in the corner of my bedroom. <laughs> Sitting there. That has to be for a Terminator you know, like rewatch. Where, you can't do it for this. Well, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to get us kicked off of YouTube and Facebook and Twitch all at the same time. So maybe we'll save it for the, you know, like a, a second binge mode or something. Um, but what I did write down as soon as I saw Mal Naked was, Kylie? Eh? <laughs> eh? Real skinny, just like Josh. Real skinny. Yeah. You know, it was funny. Um, I didn't have much to say, but jo the first thing Josh said was had to comment on how nice of a cute little butt little Nathan has. That was at the end of the episode. I commented on the tattoo at first. Because that tattoo, what is that tattoo? Well, it looks, it's it's in a weird place. I thought something was in his lap at first, but then, yeah, it's oh, a tattoo. No. <laughs> that has to be real. Rosie, what's the tattoo? Imagine him older. <laughs> <laughs> Even our listeners know you. <laughs> well, I actually, I have one of Jesse's jokes. Maybe if jokes. he was naked now. <laughs> you have, have one a of Jesse my style jokes? joke. Yeah. Do it. More like Captain No Pants, am I right? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's too early. It's too early. <laughs> we weren't in the... No, it was very well executed. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, I, and I... Flattery is the sincerest form of... No. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I couldn't get that out. Rosie says that it was a hard, dark time. I bought those DVDs immediately. I remember money was no object. <laughs> Rosie, the level of dedication that Rosie has displayed for this show is like yeah. mind-blowingly cool, you guys. I really love it. Um, <clears throat> I also wrote down, it was Saffron all along. I don't actually remember the melody of that, so I can't sing it to it but um hey saffron is back how exciting is that were you guys surprised to see saffron again i was yeah totally i was yeah yeah i was even more excited excited to find her theme song <laughs> i mean for real though saffron is a ho <laughs> how how many people did she marry? So many. At least three. At least three. That that we know of. of oh course. man, I have a jeez. I'm going what to. What does he guess say? He says, hundreds. "Who haven't, who haven't you 
married in this galaxy or something like that. Like, and for real, I started to question yeah. that. I was like, she's married a lot of people, including Mal. <laughs> so like, <laughs> she was going for wash. Yeah, she would have yeah. married him too <laughs> if she got the chance. If it wasn't for that meddling wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but but right away, I'm thinking Saffron should know better than to try the exact same trick on Mal, right? Like, is she just is it is she is that meant to demonstrate that she's used to being able to just like oh, literally I've got try the same thing? Go ahead. One Ricky. of the podcasters that I listen to says there's no celebrity like being a hot chick. And I think this <laughs> is an example of that. If you're, you know, pardon the double use, but a hot chick, which Saffron is right. in this universe, you can get whatever she, you want. You can walk straight up to Brad Pitt and be like, I want to be on your arm. I want to hang off of you. She actually self-identifies as hot in this episode. She She's does. like, Mal. Yeah. So I just, it, it, I was glad to see her again. I will admit, uh, it, one of those things that happens, you know, when you don't watch a show for ten years, is you forget certain plot points. And as soon as she popped back up, I went like, "I, I remember this whole episode." Like, yeah, I, I was foggy the on gun. the name. Yeah, and the name, I was like, "Wait a minute, is this that one? No, not that one. No, that was last week." So, and then as soon as I saw, her, I was like, "Right, okay, cool, yeah." Um, and I. So I after we meet Mal's other war buddy, right? I really love that Haley asks Zoe to be sure. She's like, uh, "Monty is good people. We love Monty, right?" Like, I want to just verify that Monty <laughs> is cool. Like, I like that she asks Zoe for that because Zoe would know, right? Yeah. Man, I I was kind of disappointed to see her back because I was like, "Oh my god, this was such an easy like." easy way to put them in peril you know like you know how can we give right. another story of them getting screwed over well i don't know let's uh let's bring the hoe back and it would be like having two q episodes in one season of the next generation correct for example correct like why you gotta put like two like wacky fun episodes in there but like so i was reading today uh the internet somewhere i don't remember <laughs> i think may have been the firefly wiki um but they were talking about how uh supposedly there were originally seven uh plans for seven years of this show so i have to imagine they were attempting to set up six seasons like, in a movie you know, <laughs> and they were attempting to set up like you know this will be a multi-season arc with this character where she comes back you know a couple of times throughout that kind of a thing um <laughs> And I agree with you, Hector, in the chat. Yeah. The worst crime was making him shave the chin wig. In, in my As notes, you can see, everyone here in my notes, I have would fail to do so. I shaved <laughs> off my beard for you, devil woman. I wrote that down, too, because <laughs> as you can see, no man should ever get rid of their uh, their soup catcher for a woman. Woman their will love them for who they are. I would like to point yeah. out, I would like what to point out, what I've got probably here three months growth. probably three months growth. So, <laughs> another... <laughs> Another reason why you should follow me and not Ricky. <laughs> the glorious beard. And Roy with some FaceTime. <laughs> oh, can, I, can I just say that Saffron, you know, even though they, they brought her back, and I know it does seem kind of corny, the fact that they gave her a little bit more in-depth means that, to me, that 
they wanted to build her in a more uh, permanent role. Uh, like they have to flesh out other characters beyond the crew that would commonly come back. And like, I got that feeling from Monty as well. Cause I mean, they just in the little like three minutes that he was on screen, they, they revealed so much banter between him and Mal. And then when the old war buddies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then when Saffron entered the picture, I mean, really Monty just sat there and watched Mal completely like just cock his wife in the face. Yeah. And then they went at it and Monty's like, this is, this is normal. This bridge. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was some of my favorite like background noise. Like he, he just, Mal just clocks her in the face and he's like, Oh, come on, Mal. Like he's seen him do it before. Like not my <laughs> wife, dude. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, and and when he, she hit him, what, what what did she call herself at that point? What was her name? Bridget. Bridget. Yeah. That's right. Bridget. Bridget, Yolanda, Saffron. See, yeah, Yo Bridge. Yo Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, they're all stripper yeah. names. All ho names. <laughs> Yolanda. <laughs> Not saying strippers are hoes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't <laughs> coming to st- next on stage 1, Yolanda. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, that, that was some of my favorite banter. And they really illustrate like um, the war. I'm sorry, Ricky D. What's the war buddy's name? Monty. Monty. They're like, Monty. hey, Monty. You know, they really illustrate that Monty just decides whenever their scuffle is over. He's like, I kind of want to see which one of them wins. I'm sort of interested to see which <laughs> one of them is more justified. Okay, I'll just grab them and separate yeah. them now. Like kids, he kids. was he was enormous. Yeah, he reminded me of every drummer in a metal band I've ever seen. Go ahead, Roy. <laughs> that actually kind of goes into the scene where, uh, you know, Malcolm's walking onto the ship right away. He's got the two pieces of rag stuffed up his nose, you know, and all that. And everybody's looking and, um, oh, I don't remember who said it, but somebody looked at Zoe and said, you know, did Monty do this? And she basically right. says, no, if Monty had done this, we no one would be walking away. You know, yeah. we'd basically be in body bags. So that right. makes you think, you know, what kind of skills Monty had too. And that would have been a great lead into any kind of future episodes as well. You know, having yeah. that that kind of backup if they came across, say, Alliance. Yeah. Or say Niska. Or say any of the several myriad threats you could encounter out in the black. So I really like that Mal breaks down the entire character of Saffron into the one line where he's explaining, this is, it's you and your uncanny ability to make men sweaty and compliant. And she just kind of like tilts her head like, I do do that, don't I? That's kind of my jam. Oh my so, um, also so then she's when, <laughs> Go ahead. Also, also when he's patting her down for the weapons and she goes, uh, you know, you forgot a place and he goes, you can't miss a place you've never been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you missed a, a spot. Of... Yep. Yeah. That was letting, they're like, you know, just in case you had any doubts that, you know, maybe there was a scene left out because we tend to do that or like, uh, don't worry about being late, Shepard Saxon. We're just happy to have your love and happy to have you here. But they're like, maybe we cut something out or maybe you didn't see an episode because we're airing them all out of order. So we'll just remind you that she wanted to bang Mal, but she did not get to bang Mal. So just keep that in mind. Uh, So then she proceeds to explain this 
Well, actually, before we do this, let's talk about the really great scene that we get between Inara and Mal, where Inara is making tea, and you're like, oh, who's she making tea for? Ooh, who's she drawing the curtains for? And then Mal walks in, and even we as viewers are like, what? <laughs> and then well, Mal's not like, really, because what? Uh, what, what did you guys name? think of that S- scene? Someone tells Mal um, that Inara's waiting for him. Inara mm-hmm. needs to talk to you. And so then the next shot is Inara playing right, and he's like, Inara's like, oh, oh, waiting for to, you. She's getting ready to swoon him. Well, she's going to schmooze him over for one reason or yeah. another. And he just comes barging in like, oh, hell no. I've already had a terrible day. You don't even know who I've got hidden on this ship. Do not try and con me into anything. It was. I liked the scene. It was... Uh, like, it was... What did she say? She said, uh, wobbly-headed doll capers or something like that when when she was describing all the jobs that they've been going through because she's upset about not getting jobs herself and she's like well if you wouldn't be taking such crap jobs then maybe i could get better clients you know (laughs) what do we get for the wobbly headed doll thing Hector, yeah. it wasn't petty in Chinese. There, there are different nuances to what she's saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, first time they call it out, though, right? I think that might be the first time somebody actually says, you just said this in another language in that I can recall directly. Um, so she, you know, they have this back and forth, and... Basically, eventually, he pops the box. Saffron's in there. She starts explaining the heist. We get another heist planning slash happening at the same time scene, um, like we got during Ariel and the train job, etc. So here's a question that I came up with. She's telling them all about Duran Hamer, right? Who is this collector of the great things on the Earth that was totally a ripoff of a Star Trek episode? Just throwing it out there. No, it's probably from like a hundred different sci-fi things. And Star Trek got their 99th, and I saw this one 100th. So anyways, the question I came up with was, if something from one of you guys' collections were to end up in Duran Hamer's collection, what do you think it would be? I have a pair of Amiibo. You know those little collectible mm-hmm. Nintendo just figurines? just talking about those. Yep. Uh, I've got a pair of them from the Splatoon game the first Splatoon game that are currently going for about $170 on eBay. I have a buddy who played a lot of Splatoon who, when I tell him about this after this, he's going to start sending you like furious text messages. I have, <laughs> I probably have over a hundred Amiibo. Oh, wow. I've got a lot of oh, those man. guys that's, and they all go up. That's awesome. I was just going to say they're so collectible now. I was just mm-hmm. telling a friend that if yeah. you find Amiibos at uh, the like Goodwill or anything like a thrift store, always buy them because they're going to be worth some money. Definitely. Roy, what, what would you, what's your collectible? I mean, I'm still thinking cause I have a lot of collectibles and Kylie. What... I'm kind of the same way. I have a lot of books that I cherish and being a tabletop role-playing guy, I think I would actually have to go with my very first uh, red covered regular Dungeons and Dragons players got because that was printed in like 1976, eight, somewhere around there. Don't quote me. Um, but I have that original set and I got it pretty young and I've kept it in pretty good condition ever since. Very cool. I would guess Kylie's would be a book, right? What would, yeah. you, what would it be? Cause um, you have so many 
old books. Yeah, I, co- <laughs> I collect old books. Um, I think the oldest <clears throat> one I have <throat> it goes back to like eighteen oh six. Um, but I think that my most cherished is probably I have the first edition, um, volume one and two of Uncle Tom's Cabin. So that wow. I think that's probably what I have that's probably the most special. Wow. I think that would end up in the collection as a relic. I was gonna say that probably end up in a museum. That belongs in a museum. <laughs> to the museum. Um So I have two things. First I'm gonna answer your question and then I wanna talk about a cool thing that I found. Um I would probably have to guess either my Boba Fett, the one of the the one that was printed or made right after the rocket firing Boba Fett was canceled, like it was the normal one that went out. Still worth a good amount of money. Um, it's got the little Kenner logo on his leg, 1979. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not that one though. That one I I do have that one. That came in a set with uh, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, didn't it? Uh, I got it for my birthday oh, when okay. I was like eight okay. years old. I don't know why it's within reach. <laughs> it's well, just within reach. <laughs> sure you don't. Sure you don't, Ricky D. Um, or I just recently got these ridiculously old Topps trading cards from Star Wars. And they're like looking online. I know that if I went into like Pawn Stars and I was like, well, looking online, it shows that they're worth this much. And the guy would probably laugh in my face. But right. looking online, Let me call in an expert. <laughs> it kind of seems like they're they're worth a lot of money and going up in value too. Just you know, certain ones out of the the stack. But obviously, mine would be some sort of Star Wars toy that I'll be most likely buried with. <laughs> buried with, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, uh, let's see. Go ahead. No, no, you do it. You you finish because I I have a tangent to go on, oh. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, um, I I don't know that mine will uh, match the relic status uh, of Kylie's item. I don't think it will. And I don't know if I can reach it without pulling my headphones off. Give me one second. Oh, yeah, so yeah, this yeah. Is, uh, this is going. X-Men number one, the reprint, um, or like the rebooted uh, 50 years of Marvel anniversary edition. Crop. I believe it's <laughs> 1991. It's Magneto, bro. Magneto crotch. You were putting his uh, crotch right into the camera. So that's maybe that's what you saw, but you know. Yeah. Oh, I was showing you. This, yes, Ricky. yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we just got a crotch shot. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Number one. Oh, wonderful. Uh, that's from nineteen from nineteen ninety one when they rebooted the series. Um, I found that in a bookstore. Uh, cannot remember the name of it, but it was going out of business, and they had, uh, you know, like those those twelve foot shelves or twelve uh, foot drawers just stacked end to end with issues, and it said everything in this drawer twenty cents. So I was like, nice. Okay, I'll grab this chunk <laughs> and like started going through them and was like, yep, none of these are good, none of these are good. Oh my god, I'm having a heart attack, and then I died, and then when I was resuscitated with a defibrillator on the scene, <laughs> I gave them my 20 cents and purchased this copy of X-Men first Did you issue, really only Legend buy the Born. one for 20 cents? This is the only one I could... F- I bought like 40 books. Okay. But this okay. is the one... This is one of the ones that came out of that that was like, 
mind-blowing to me. I also found the first issue of Moon Knight in there, which was published the month and year that I was published. So that was very cool. Uh, July 1988. Yeah, so... I thought it was very cool, and I got the so I got the Moon Knight number one. I have the Funko Pop Moon Knight uh, in the matching outfit for the comic cover. So um, <laughs> those are my things. I don't think they would probably end up in a museum like Kylie's things. Um, I think Kylie wins this round of whose thing would the guy from the show collect? Woo. Bing 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 bing. So I have a fun little, and I don't know why neither of you have done this yet, but I found this chart online that gives me all of the um, translations. translations. Han Solo's? Translations oh. <laughs> for every episode and every um, Chinese phrase they say. And then it... Yeah, it's on the... If it's it's on the Firefly fan wiki. Like, if yeah. you go there and click Why haven't the you guys ever brought that up? End of those articles, My Simon Says thing. is literally a Chinese line. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but you're only gonna say it in English, right? <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try it. But I, I wanted to bring up uh, when Inara had said uh, the petty thing and had talked about that there were different, uh, whatever. That hurt Mouse feelings. Yeah, well, she's not wrong, because to the according to this, there's three different meanings. Yeah, so you got to be small and tedious, petty, trivial. Or to be trifling, to be minute. <laughs> so she right. she could have just been so trifling, thing, bro. <laughs> well, and what uh, what she was going to say, the word that she left off of her sentence, Josh, was that's not a a direct translation, or that's a loose translation, or whatever it was, right? Yeah, but I appreciate that was very well executed, sir. Very well done. <laughs> I see that you have a bit of a theme going in, in the in the TMA house this week. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I think Hector called it right on the spot when he said all of his doubts about South. Ooh, hang on, Hector. I'll figure it out for you. That was the last episode, curious I think. That, right? <laughs> curious that ultimately uh, Inara making him feel inadequate makes Mal go. Um, right. I find that funny that Hector said that because I actually have a note that, you know, Mal's already distrusting because the, the wiles worked on him last time. And we all know that, you know, some of her training is very companion like. So I wonder <laughs> if this whole last episode or the, the previous episode with Saffron got into his head and now he's purposely, suspicious of Inara thinking maybe she is using her wiles on him more often than not so what I think I love that phrase wiles the womanly wiles you wily woman that's certainly possible but here's what (laughs) you can't give yourself a nickname that's not how it works so it works I I like smiley Kylie better (laughs) oh it's good too Josh has to say that because he's sitting right there um so <laughs> I think what happened was she was like, oh, petty. And he was like, oh, my feelings are hurt. And she was like, yeah, I can see that. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this crazy plan with uh, Saffron. And she was like, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on, hold on. Remember how I just called you petty? And he's like, yeah. So she went, let's use that. That's the only way that we're going to be able... The only way we can use her is if she thinks she's using you the entire time. Like, I think at least half of this plan was Inara's, in my opinion. 
It may have been her idea. Saxon's giving her the nickname. Like, Wiley Kylie. All right. Thank you. Go ahead and also, change the name tag, Josh. Thank you, Shepard I think Saxon. this was planned by Hector because this is quite the uh, the tra- translation. This was from last episode, War Stories, when Wash was talking to Zoe about Mal's opinion. I am not going to try it, but apparently the translation is all the planets in space flushed into my butt. <laughs> yeah, we should have been That's looking awesome. these up more. <laughs> I was going to play wiki. It's not a credible source, right? No, it's uh, the it's the like official. Is, I believe it's like their version of Memory this Alpha. Is from, like it's very well researched. This is from FireflyChinese.KevinSullivanSite.net/slash/title/slash/WarStories. Oh. So to answer your question, Roy, no, it's not from a reputable source, but we'll find one that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the but if you, I mean, I've ever heard of my life, if Josh. that's reputable, we'll use <laughs> it forever. I can show you what I'm looking at right now. You can see it. No, Check it's okay. It I trust you. I'm just giving you so a hard time. So it gives you time. everything. Okay. No, no, it, it seems to be reputable to me because it has even all the symbols and stuff. I'm sure there's someone out there okay, that's yeah. like, there you go. This is idiotic and not real, but I mean, it is. Seems legit. So, so. I'm purposely going to go that... get Rosetta Stone for Chinese now, just so I can do this. Well, and to the person out there who's doubting our research and the legitimacy of that, what are you going to do? Start a podcast about it? Please That's do. What I thought. That'd so be awesome. <laughs> I really like. I I really like that Kaylee loves the drama. She's like. You know, they're everybody's very huffy, and she's just like smiling every time somebody gets mad. When Jane says what Jane says, she actually laughs. Like I think that may have been an actor break, and they just kept it in because it fit the scene. But it really looked like she wasn't supposed to laugh there, and they just left it in. Um, but I did really like that moment that she was having. She was like nervously laughing during the entire fight when they're setting up the plan. Um, Josh and Kylie, how did you guys feel about the scene when Jane is telling the Tams to stay put? Did we? Did you guys forgive him yet? No. He's still totally a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I'm with that. I don't have much else to say on that, but... So, <laughs> in our, where we are in storytelling right now, Saffron is out of her box, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the cat's out I, of the bag. I think it's really interesting that Inara kind of removed herself from the crew and acted like she was on the outs, and that gave Saffron the ability to step in and start uh, doing all this planning, telling him about the heist, all of this. She kind of Mm -hmm. took Inara's spot because Inara was on the outs as far as we knew. And so right. I have a question about that. Dynamic. Was so that was all planned by Mal? Like when they were in the room talking, having tea, and fighting um, about that's, petty that's stuff. That's what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. that's what I was saying. Okay, I okay. think Mal was like, "Okay, well, Saffron has this I, a, idea," and she that. was like, "Okay, well, you can't." She's like, "Well, you can't trust her, but we can use your weakness to make her think she's in charge." And we can all get the money that she thinks she's going to get. Because in that scene, they both walk into that room with the same motivation of, like, we need to make more money. Like, so it, it's not a big confrontation. It's more of, like, how do we 
make this dangerous money with this ridiculous person so and you have to take into account somehow like we need to get this person in on the plan even though she knows that we don't trust her and amongst the degrees of not trusting her there's one person here who flatly does not trust her at all so that's kind of what's meant to be the brilliance of the plan is that Inara went, look, I just saw you be insecure. And if we use your insecurities, then we can make Saffron think she's in charge of you this whole time and it will totally work. Um, so they go to Bellerophone. Does anybody remember the name Bellerophone from Mission Impossible 2? I thought it sounded like some kind of brass instrument, like a sousaphone. <laughs> oh. I'm probably so- going to upset a lot of people, but I've never seen a single Mission Impossible no, nah, they're not that great. Muted. Um, but <laughs> Bellerophon really was a hero. <laughs> he was a hero in ancient myth, and he fought this monster, the Chimera, which is what they named the virus in Mission Impossible 2. Uh, so obviously this planet has continued the uh, trend that we used of naming the planet after ancient mythic gods, right? Jupiter, Neptune, that kind of thing. They went Bellerophon, mythic hero. That's the one I with really Tom like Cruise and his long hair, huh? The one where... Was it yes. Limp Biscuit did the theme he song? A... Yep. We're going to do a mission impossible. <laughs> You're bringing up ancient <laughs> gods. Uh, Jupiter, Bellerophon, apparently, all of these things. It was very interesting at the very beginning of the episode when Monty was getting rid of his bride, Bridget. He said, damn you to Hades. It wasn't mm-hmm. damn you to hell. It, was da- it wasn't damn you go away. It was damn you to Hades which makes me yeah. think some of the Greek and Roman philosophies are still floating around come back. in the Firefly oh, verse. I took that to definitely mean Hades is a terrible planet that you do not want to get stuck on. That's and why they called planet. it that. Very yeah, good, very it's well a could penal be. colony. That's I mean, some, that's headcanon for me. Something so. we get in season three, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we talked about that. Season I think three is when they introduce Hades. Technically, but it's at the season three <laughs> finale, so it's it's very late. Go ahead, Roy. So Hector said he <laughs> he thinks if we had gotten more seasons, we would have seen Anara get involved in more of the crime. Every <laughs> sitcom or show that does this, you always get at least one episode that is the femme fatale. It even right. happens in comics where you get the whole just female Avengers. I yeah. think we would have gotten this and this with uh, a mission that probably was Saffron after they've built her up. Zoe, Ka- uh, Kaylee, and then uh, Anara just mm-hmm. as their own group doing a mission to focus on them and, you know, the whole yep. empowerment of women. Which <laughs> I don't think they'd throw Saffron in there. I think they would think get they River would. in Saffron's place. And River would be. be. River. I forgot River, but. I Saffron can probably kind of... just rot in jail, or Yolanda, or Bridget, or whatever the f her freaking name is. Yo, Saffron. Okay, you know what, you guys? I'm just gonna take a reality break here for one second. Kylie, maybe cover your ears. Yeah, me too. Josh, did a redhead do something to you? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think a redhead did something. Did to a redhead everybody. hurt you? <laughs> it sounds like who hurt you, Josh? Okay, so he's trying anyways. to think. <laughs> Don't answer. I'm yeah, trying to think of like, the was there something I watched? Oh, you know, okay. So here's what happened, right? I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two right before we watched this, and I was just filled with the most intense hatred for that new guy, 
that oh, new you Captain gotta, America. You got to not say anything. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Oh, I'm just guy, saying the guy, the the new yep. Captain America. You get more of him, and I I hate him. I hate him mm-hmm. so much. It ruined that episode for me. And so going into Firefly, I was kind of like just filled with. I just needed to hate something. Oh my god. And uh, I, I think Saffron got it all. But still, she is a hoe. Like, come on now. How many people did she marry and try and screw no. over, including our beloved captain and friend, captain. Malcolm Reynolds? How could she? And then she did it. She tried to do it again. Even, even in my notes, I have everybody knows she's a liar. Why is Mal so adamant? Although at the end, you do find out that it was a, a big plan. Can I do but a rebuttal still, to that? Well, like, uh, please do. No. Right? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'm totally gonna do a rebuttal to that because towards the end of the episode, you do definitely get to see a more vulnerable side to Saf. Now, because she got caught. No, she and she locked away in the she locked away in the castle tower by you know a, a nobleman who thinks he owns her. You know, so she wanted that freedom and she left. Nah, so she can I, burn in Hades. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I think it gave her more of a relatable tone during that instance, and that's why I believe that she was supposed to be a more uh, canon and continuous member, potentially even eventually, like Spike from Buffy, joins the crew. I think eventually. Yeah, I think the, I think the only reason she would her. do it, they wouldn't forgive her. She would. She would be sitting in jail thinking about the fact, oh my God, I just got had by that crew. I need to get in with them because they're good. They wouldn't forgive She'd her, come... but don't forget Jane for, you know, trying to yeah. sell them out multiple times. Yeah. No, they like don't know yeah. the crew. Yeah, yeah. Josh Saffron's not. Just saying. Yeah, but Jane's Saffron only part of the crew because Mal didn't kill him. Wait, I need to get back on this spike <laughs> but thing. Jane is still part of the crew. <laughs> Because I think they had to put a chip in Spike's brain so he could no longer fight humans. Are they going to have to put a chip inside of Saffron's vagina so she can no longer manipulate? That's her most valuable asset, really, because she's like a less, uh, what is it? She's a more opportunistic Inara. She will use it to get everything she wants. Inara will not. Anara has principles. Rosie says Jane was sorry. Saffron, whatever, was was not. not She was not sorry. She was trying to swindle them to the very end. Even with trash falling out of her nose, she was still trying to swindle them. Roy is not making making the point that Saffron and Jane are equally bad. He's saying the show has demonstrated it's willing to give Ne- characters chances. with negative connotations sure, a second sure. chance and look i could totally yeah. see it see it happening yeah. to where they would have to break her out of jail because she knows someone that they need to get in touch with and then because they help her and she you know i, I could just see some sort of episode like that happening it's so it's it's such a predictable thing that they could bring her she's back she's the with. bill burr of firefly it's been said the before. what the bill burr of firefly <laughs> Okay. Okay. And Hector's right. Maybe that's why they a good Gilbert. secondary pirate or pilot, not pirate. Yes. Pirate. <laughs> yes, I agree with that 100%. Hector, they could give her her own ship, and then she could be like this every every season and a half foil. I think that would be fun. So um, I could have gotten away with it. It wasn't for you and your meddling crew. 
<laughs> Maybe they go full One Piece with this, uh, and that's an anime, by the way. But they go full One Piece, and Mal becomes a leader of a you know a brigade of brown coats in some season. A guild you know, of pirates. Know. Yeah, there would be a pirates. lot of stuff. They're basically so, pirates. That's what yeah, smugglers that's are. I did also write down the same note that you guys had earlier of, okay, so how many dudes do we think Saffron married? Like one per planet, multiple per planet. <laughs> like clearly there's nobody enforcing these Mara's licenses, right? <laughs> like, Rosie also verified for us that the Chinese was legit. Thank you. On that site that you found. Thank you. Um, so I, I liked how she was, she knew that the crew hated her. She knew that she wasn't supposed to be there and she fed off of it the whole time. She had a total uh, that that hangover guy. The the he's also in he's also in in community. But but he asked them, "Did you die?" And I really feel like that's what she asked them at some point. You know, Jane was like, "Well, you screwed us Ken over," Jean, and she's like, that's what you're "But did you about. die? But did you die?" <laughs> Ken, yes. Ken, Ken, John. Ken thank John. you, thank you. I knew yep. you'd get it as soon as I said the yep. reference, but. <laughs> Yeah, it yep. uh, th- that made me laugh a little bit because that's all I could think of was him coming up. But did you die? <laughs> there, I have a question for you. Uh, there's a point where Jane is taking care of the Tams and locking them in the room and whatnot, and this is it, he's talking to them. And uh, River goes, "Jane is a girl's name," <laughs> and he immediately gets like super insecure. <laughs> and it, it Jane isn't a so, girl. Out of context, this makes me think immediately to the bully, you know, that gets called gay and is secretly <laughs> gay, you know. Yep. You know, in the modern day, this could have been an easy transition for, you know, um Jane Matt. possibly wanting to be a woman or something, you know. <laughs> right. Or having an identity crisis of I could yeah. see that. Or having been born and labeled one way and wanting to live his life the other way. I could definitely I mean, see Jane, that. Jane was just trash talking women and how he thinks that women are a little bit lesser than him. So I think it right. was more that it's just kind of a woman hating characteristic. Yeah. Coming out of He's Jane. just been but scorned fits, too many that times. That fits perfectly with a, like a girl. that would fit perfectly <laughs> with a character that like is having an identity crisis about that yeah, because true. they would resent the thing that you know that they are not so that would make sense that would all fit that's a good point roy um i wrote John down a nerd because he's not as smart as the nerd 100 percent um i wrote down i think my first uh or a second laugh my first laugh was when i saw wash's stegosaurus again i really mm. appreciated that mm-hmm. and then my second laugh was um when they're meeting Saffron's actual husband and he goes, what the hell is going on here? And Mal goes, we're trying to steal your shiny gun. She is helping me do it. And we're going to put it in your trash chute. He says, I appreciate your honesty. Not, you know, a lot. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> and it was like, I just, I really, really liked that. that. So, uh, and that character, what did you guys think of that character? Did they do a good job of casting him to where it was like ambiguous as to whether or not he would be a super terrible war criminal? Well, I think we glazed over what it is that Saffron accused him of doing. I don't think we talked about it in here, and it was barely talked about in the uh, episode. But Saffron was saying he was the head of the biological engineering department, and he would just unleash some kind of virus on a population, let all the people die, 
there wouldn't be mm-hmm. any damage to the buildings like there would be no bombs going off no nukes anything like that and then he'd go rob loot the, the location place. and he'd spe- yeah he'd loot the place and he'd choose the people to kill that had the best loot that's pretty horrible is, yeah. so that's <laughs> that's horrible well it's so and the reason that they describe it that way is because that's literally the reason spelled out as to why biological why okay weapons are illegal yeah, no yeah, that too. that's why in real life why biological weapons are illegal and are war crime is because mm-hmm. that's what they're designed to do is wipe out a population and leave all their wealth so that's why they use that to describe him is because they're like that's a war crime now that's a war crime 500 years from now war crimes are war crimes are war crimes don't worry about it um yeah Duran might not have actually been that either because I mean think about it Saf, that's what I was asking the story, yeah. Yeah. So Saf could have wholly <laughs> made it up knowing that Mal and the rest of the crew hate Alliance mm-hmm. you know oh right. he's not actually anything to do with Alliance maybe maybe he's just some rich noble that you know like I said had her chained up in a castle somewhere sorry but the princess is in another castle so <laughs> I really princess is always in another castle <laughs> I really like in this episode that Mal knows exactly what he's dealing with the entire time. Like you're saying, Josh, like he knows he can't trust her. He knows that she's up to no good. He knows that this is probably like a trap, you know? So um, he, he handles it like a champion, like the whole time, right? Like he's got everything on lock. She, every time she reaches for a fallen gun, he, you know, nope, he pulls her away from it, you know, this, that, and the other thing it's, a lot of fun like i just i think he handles it so well and it's nice to see mal be competent all the way through an episode for once you know i'm just gonna throw that out there like he didn't actually make any mistakes in this episode and i i really appreciate it uh i I would i mean Um, i think the whole naked thing i don't think he planned on that to happen i think he did so that's probably a mistake yeah i think he did you really think he did you you thought you think he planned to get dropped off down there well, I don't think that keeping his pants was a big part of his plan, yes or no. I think he ultimately right. got the money and he got rid of saffron, which was the important part, and his pants weren't super pertinent to the situation. Yeah, whether they were on or off. No, and, it's, <laughs> and it's interesting because earlier when he first walks into Inara's shuttle, I think we can all agree that he had just finished cinching those pants as tight as they would Absolutely. go. Absolutely. And then later on, he's like, you know what? Not even worried about that. I'm going to undo the drawstring. If they fall off, they fall off. It's crime. Yeah. Who cares? He's, it's a fun He's time. also like, the most comfortable man with himself. Like, he... Closing the door in the wind. Just no shits given. Just walked in. Just it's, dangle dangle. It's his house. Hanging out. And, like... Yeah, it's uh, his house. The other yeah. thing is, like, Kaylee... You know Kaylee's a freak when she's not even phased by the junk wagon in front of her. She's just smiling and nodding her head like, yeah, that's cool. Good mission. Maybe she was so a bit curious. Listener, and... Callie D, <laughs> listener Callie D actually pointed out that it tracks with Kaylee's character, right? Because we've seen a couple of times so far that she's one of the few people on this ship that's very comfortable with sex and doesn't like freak out when sex gets mentioned or like you know, act like a Neanderthal or, like, pretend they're not looking at Inara. She's just pretty chill with it and, like, very comfortable with, with it. So that was a very She's good point. She's still in the college yeah. girl phase. <laughs> she is, yes. Yeah. She's going to try everything once. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wrote, I, I really love this line 
um, when Mal is in the shuttle, or I don't know if they're in the shuttle or the trash barge, whenever he's in the ship with Saffron and she's breaking down or whatever, or she's pretending to break down. Also, I love that we're calling her Yosaf Bridge in the chat. That's awesome, because <laughs> Yolanda, Saffron, Bridget, Yosaf Bridge, that's great. Um, I love that he says... I've seen you without your clothes on before, but I never thought I'd see you naked. And it was like, okay, so at this point, I'm wondering, knowing what we know, having watched the whole episode, what do you guys think? Did Mal think that he actually was getting through to her, or did he think that this was part of the double cross that he was still expecting? Like, Well, I think that she can feel bad and feel vulnerable and have those actual genuine feelings and still be trying to pull one over and still trying to get herself out of there. She can still be going, oh no, I've I've been doing all these things wrong, but she still has on the top of her mind, like I still got to get myself out of this situation. Yeah, and yes, Rosie, Mal does call her Yosef Bridge. It was just, I, I was saying, I appreciate that you have brought the continuity into my life as a huge <laughs> nerd, I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, yes, Hector in Out of Gas, <laughs> Mal saw everything. Go ahead, Roy. Well, we're still on the topic of Mal being naked. Uh, I do yeah. want to... <laughs> yeah. So I do want to point out... Look, he had out... a really nice butt, by the way. I don't care what anybody says. He, had a nice I, butt. he did have Josh a little bit it. of a... He did have the whitey-tidy uh, tan lines, though. So He, he, he must but... work out, like, for real. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I wanted to point something out, is... There is something ironic because Mal gets stripped in the desert by Saf. And then when we go to the ship and Callie is inspecting the engine, she says that, um, oh, what'd she call it? The part, she said that part has been stripped and they have to land. So both Mal is stranded and Serenity Serenity. is uh, Mm -hmm. stranded in the desert also. Even Hector agrees. Yep. Great butt. Yep. That drone in Homer really sells that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's profile picture. Great butt. That's good. Man. For those of you that are listening to the podcast version of this, anytime we mention somebody that's not Ricky D, Josh, Kylie, or Roy, we're talking about the live chat. Yes. If that's not immediately apparent yes. to you. Um, if you would like to, you can join us on facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast every Friday to do this live. We're also on Twitch. We're also on YouTube. You know you want to be here. It's the place to be. What's the billionaires? So, the billionaires. The the billionaires, as we explained, I think in episode two or three of the sudden but inevitable rewatch, are what Nathan Fillion fans call themselves. Yes. So Kylie, answer the shepherd's question. You know, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I think maybe it's just there's just something about him that I can't like. Like I've never really been a fan of the. pompous pretty boy kind of dealio not that he's not handsome he is handsome but i just mm, mm. i don't know pompous i mean i wouldn't call him pompous either i think i think, he's, I think he's a I, I think he's just a uh he's the captain i don't think that I he mean, doesn't he's, he's have reason to be pompous i just think that he is <laughs> still i think you're confusing his pompousness with confidence kylie do you think do you think I'm pompous? <laughs> um, Jesse, do, do we want to fight this evening? 
Is that what we're doing? Oh, we're it wouldn't be. A I'm just I'll kidding. See you guys in a bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What makes you think that would be a fight? Um, no, I. You know, I okay, okay. Ask if I maybe pompous ready. isn't the right word because it sounds I, like I that has some some negative connotations. Well, I think you're confusing pompousness with with his confidence because he's a very confident yeah, captain. Yeah, maybe over cocky. That like, yeah, he he comes yeah. off as a little cocky because he knows what's going on. You know, just like he knows what's mm-hmm. in the apples, he knows what's going on. I was going to say, thank you. Josh He's is confidently aloof. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. He's the confidently aloof, self-aware underdog, Kylie. I'm just happy to have you here with us. I don't mean to put you on the spot about Nathan Fillion literally every week. I like I Nathan. promise I might. I look, like Mal. Listen, guys, bros to bros here. If Nathan Fillion and her were alone in the same room, you know, you know. I, I'm trying to think, you, you know. You would hit on Nathan Fillion. <laughs> She'd love his Captain Hammer persona. I'll keep my eye out for, for somebody that I find handsome in Firefly, saying. and I'll let you know. Roy. Okay. Can you and I do a Dr. Horrible sing-along someday? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, w- I would do that regardless of any feud that we have. I will mm-hmm. put it aside for Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion. Wow. Look at the positivity from Roy, the intrepid DM. If I were you, I would go follow him on Twitter at intrepid DM. That's just, that's I would be more than happy to have you as a follower and talk to you and, and guide you in the way of I life. Finish, and as soon as I finished doing that, I would download 15 episodes of Best Flicks with Ricky D. Now, I know what you're saying. There aren't 15 episodes of that podcast available. But if you download the episodes that are available, listen to them, remove the downloads from your phone, and then download them again, it will count as new downloads. <laughs> and you could download 15 episodes that way, just throwing it out. There. Interesting. Uh, sounds like listener Callie would be very interested in a Dr. Horrible sing-along blog watch-along pod with Ricky D and Roy. I can't believe I did that in one try. Yeah, that's that's Um, brilliant. (laughs) I think Jesse deserves some FaceTime. So I wrote down the, this little tag that um, Saffron puts at the end of her burn on Mal, where she's saying, you're the easiest mark in the world, man. Like I, I, it's, I could do this with my eyes closed. She says, and that makes you special. Now it's just this chance turn of phrase that stings us extra just a little bit because we remember Mal saying and that makes us mighty it's like somehow she has keyed in on his speaking cadence and his pattern and maybe even some of his vocabulary and she's mirroring him in a way that makes him vulnerable and it really affects us the audience and I was like as soon as she said that exactly as soon as she said that i was like oh i'm so mad at her like the whole time i was like this is a fun romp of with like a you know rapscallion style side character but then when that happened i was like i'm really mad so it you know it's i agree with you josh she uh she was not the most uh respectable upstanding individual in the verse this week i just i think that i could i could live with or without her like after this episode, you know, if you if you bring her back, it's got to totally be agree. something like you, you're having to break her out of prison because you need her help to marry some guy or something. I don't know, like right, them fatal episode. Yeah. What? I, there you go. Yeah, but you needed, be, you would. It would be somebody needs empowering a woman. I yeah, can. It would be somebody wants a companion, and it has to be a natural redhead, 
and she has to be insane. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. oh, we know that they're person. Like, Crap. Okay. I can also see why Let's they- Let's go to Hades kept... and pick her up. I can also see why they cut this one, because it just- Philly. Not so a lot of forward Philly-ian. plot for the, for the series. So back in the day when this first came out, like, honestly- Cal, uh, Kaylee and Saffron were like my two biggest crushes on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what it was about them, but they just had that girlish charm, uh, especially Saffron. The episode that they aired when you felt, you know, when she was at the the bonfire and everything. Yeah, it was I. It was just that homegrown kind of feel to the characters that really drew you to them. Well, and first I, Saffron was a very midwestern them? girl. It's well, very, yeah, but so is, so is Kaylee. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, yep. and being a Midwesterner, you know. It, absolutely. It, it applied. That's it applied. That's probably why I'm I'm drawn to uh, Zoe and Inara more, the ones that are always out of my league. <laughs> Lucky one of them dropped down a peg or two See, for this guy. And I got to be completely honest <laughs> with you. I'm more into, like, the Jane types, handsome and dumb. <laughs> well, I'm just you, you got one or two, you're still good. All right, guys. Uh, Kylie's gonna run the show for the rest of the night, so I'll, I'll see you later. This is really weird, you guys. Um, Kylie actually just won the contest between Ricky and Roy. I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but it did. So, oh, if you want to follow Kylie on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. I just felt myself go follow her. So. I don't even have a yeah. Twitter. This is amazing. <laughs> There you go. You're already ahead of them. <laughs> we should probably get you a Twitter. I bet you get so, a lot of followers. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, uh, I, Trash Door, by the way. Did anyone catch the Trash Door? It was literally just two pieces of string holding up this very thin piece of what looked like cardboard. They pulled <laughs> it down and then <laughs> shut it. I've got but they're issues. on this immaculate ship. I've got more issues with that entire trash yeah. system because every time somebody threw something away, they'd hit this button and then this giant ship would come and take away an entire, entire bin. like roll away thing of trash. Now the button was the incinerator button to incinerate it. It's not, no, 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 it's not, no, it's not implied. No, Ricky's right about what the button does, but it's not implied that they do that every time they throw something down that chute. Just when it's ready. It's just implied that that's what that button does. Yeah, so that like. That button wouldn't exist maybe... then. That button would not exist. <laughs> if it was only supposed to be taken away at a certain time, there would be no, a sensor Ricky. inside of the trash bin that would tell it to be picked up. This is not what this podcast is about, but listen, Ricky. <laughs> It's to give the consumer convenience. Either your trash can will self-empty if you don't have the time to pay attention, or if you're a very rich person with a floating island who may need to dispose of evidence, there's also a come get my trash now button. Uh, Right, right. Or what if it's it's particularly stinky? What if it's a body and you need it picked up right away? You you take the trash out before it's full if (laughs) it's particularly yucky. I mean... (laughs) Yeah. That was a terribly flawed... As a person with an animal at your house, you should know that sometimes you take the trash out before it's yes. full. I would hope. So, uh, I don't uh, have a giant uh, roll-away dumpster attached to the bottom of my house that has to be no. thrown away ever... by a giant drone, though. 
Okay, here's a question for you, Ricky. Have you ever, has your trash can, when you rolled it out to the curb to be collected by the city, has it always been at exactly 100% capacity every single time? No, but again, then it would okay, be scheduled okay. and there's no need no, for the button. No, 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 I think, I think I've got, I think my point has been made. Uh, so. I think you're arguing for the sake of arguing, but go ahead, you can do the rest you of You think I'm arguing for the sake of arguing? Yes, I do. Pot? This is Kettle. Oh, my gosh. Okay. okay. Inara is so damn good is my next line, but I don't know what that was in reference to. So let's go to the scene oh, I love you where guys. Simon and Jane Listen, are in the infirmary. I, I just want to finish that, that garbage thing because I, can, I kind of agree with that. There was no sense to that at all. That it was just uh, – it was oh just – it was, it was dumb. And I, I'm sorry. I had to gather my, my – shit over here because i'm laughing so hard i just want to say i agree with you ricky Wait, that's all I, I just i agree yeah with and you. can we would you also agree with me <laughs> that jesse likes to argue for the sake of arguing and not me because that was insane both of you first of all it's children children stop fighting <laughs> I'm fully on Jesse's side. Honestly, I have three Thank kids. Thank you, Roy. And that Thank trash can gets super full. Yes. If I, had a, if I had an empty it now button, I would be using it all the time. Just well, saying. This guy, this guy has a house full of things that are 500 plus years old. You're telling me smells don't creep up in that house? <laughs> it gets stinky. We okay. need Monty to break up the kids here. Oh, man. Who's going to be our Monty? Callie, you can be our Monty. Okay, and I want somebody to listen back through and tell me who started that fight. <laughs> I okay, also so do want to say that while podcasting, we do have to have someone that does start an argument at all times. Because if you didn't have someone to start an argument, oh, yeah. then you wouldn't have a good show. It wouldn't show. be a show. <laughs> so. It wouldn't be a show. Um, so like we were saying last week, if any of us was laconic, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, another <laughs> yes. thing that Callie D pointed out on her rewatch was that Simon is a very good doctor, right? Because he's very clearly able to compartmentalize what has happened to him between him and Jane recently and just go, you know what? This is a patient. I need to help this patient. Maybe I'll scare the hell out of him while I do it. But, you know, I'm going to help him. I'm going to keep him safe. And I'm going to make sure everything is fine. Like, he did a very good job. He helped his patient. He put aside his personal feelings. And he very calmly explained to Jane, you know, here's how things should be. What did you guys think of this scene? Josh and Kylie. I thought that it was definitely very interesting. Um, I I guess I, I wasn't surprised, but I was... Um... It was definitely cool to see that he was uh, that he, as in Simon, was going to be the bigger person. Because um, I, I don't know, I, I do agree that I think that he definitely knew what he was doing by scaring the crap out of him. Can you imagine being there, completely incapacitated, nothing you can do about anything, no control over anything? And this guy's basically saying, "I could totally kill you if I wanted, but I'm not gonna." <laughs> I thought that, I thought that was much more of a threat than anything else. Where he was like, "Listen, you're gonna be on my bed more than you want, yeah. and I could just paralyze you and not really give another thought about Maybe it." Maybe you so. should just be nice to me. Pretty much. And then, and I loved how Shepard Saxon. Yeah, I love how River pops in, pops around the corner, and gives her that like gives him that creepy look. <laughs> and then you find out why she gives him that creepy look because she's like. 
You know I can. What is she saying? You know I can kill you with my brain, right? Also, I can kill you with my brain. Yeah. And so he goes. He asks for. He goes. Is anybody there? And she leans in and he goes. <laughs> yeah. anybody, anybody else? else? <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> yeah, that was cute. <laughs> I had kind of a different take on uh, the way that that whole thing went down. I think that Jane is constantly talking down to Simon and telling Simon that he is less than Jane. And I think Jane might have a flawed perception of himself. So when Simon is finally in charge of the situation and he's in his element, as we've talked about previously, Jane's not dumb. Jane is just needs to be in his element. Simon is very impressive when he's in his element. So Simon is now in a place where he can be in charge and he doesn't have to be demeaned to by Jane and he can finally lay it out and go, look, this is the way things go. So I think that's really what was going on there. It wasn't so much of a threat. It wasn't so much of trying to scare Jane. It was just going, look, you may think you're the most important person on the ship, but we all have our responsibilities. We all have our strengths. And in here, I'm in charge and that's my place on this ship. I would say it's a combination of all of that stuff, right? Like it's using a veiled threat to explain, hey, everybody has a role to play and, you know, you're not more important than anyone else and I'm willing to afford you professional respect, right? And that's what I'm asking for from you. But I mean, he he basically waved the syringe in his face, right? Like there there's no way that some part of it wasn't threatening, mm-hmm. but it's that's the to your point, Ricky, that's the only way Simon can be threatening is if he's in his element and he's got like the doctor uh role that he can play and to your point additionally jane is immobilized because he hurt his spine so like at this point even if he wanted to do something he couldn't yeah (laughs) so yeah i i think it's a very the thing that's beautiful about that scene is that i think everything that everybody just said plays into it all of us are correct there because there are so many layers to what simon is accomplishing and what he's trying to do and I love that River is able to play back up there in such a subtle but effective way. Like, she's like, I'll just do that thing where I hang my head sideways and that'll be enough, you know? And it's like, ah, yep, that was enough. Like, that was the uh, the third moment that I actually laughed out loud to myself is when she stuck her head around. I was like, ah, that's so creepy. I love it. Right. Um, so the other, the last note that I had, and then we'll do a quick note check, um, <clears throat> was I really love that we realize, so at the very beginning of this episode, when Mal is sitting naked in the desert, he says, well, that went well. And we're obviously, we're like, ah, Mal's sarcasm, right? But then we find out he actually means that. The plan went well. Everything went how he wanted it to go. And this was the correct ending. So I really like that it was like a, a double subversion, I guess, of what we were expecting this to to go like. So... Uh, let's go with Ricky. Do you have any notes that you feel like you need to get out before we jump into segments? Uh, yeah. Give me just a moment oh, here. Oh, oh uh, I've got one. Not to go back to the trash cans. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> when Wash was flying underneath the trash can and he was like trying to keep it steady, I thought that was really awkward acting. That didn't look good at all. Uh, and I was trying to compare it to Mal when he's in pain and he does really good acting. <laughs> but Wash, when he's, like, trying to 
<laughs> right. It just wasn't very good. <laughs> I would guess that that's one of those things, like, unless you've flown a helicopter or something that, you know, like, how, how do you know what that's going to feel like? Like, where would the weight be? Like, what would I be fighting to do? And for all we know, it was super accurate. And it just doesn't look very dramatic, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it could be that he did a great job and we just can't tell because that's what it looks like. Uh, but I, I did note that there was, like, I think what it is, Ricky, is that uh, Alan Tudyk's face is just so malleable and, like, like he's got he a, rubber a lot face. of, <laughs> he has, like, horizontal movement a lot in his face, not just vertical, right? So it's, like, I I think that that's where it comes from is, like, every time he gives an expression, it's very, like, <laughs> rubber-ass <laughs> crazy. Um, oh, uh, so, just one more thing. Uh, I also wrote down, where did that go? It was basically... Inara is the only one that can really beat Saffron. Uh, yes. The rest of the crew can scheme and be a part of it, but Inara is going to be the only one that can truly beat Saffron. I, I posit that in a hand-to-hand, like 100% even straight across fight, Zoe would Oh, yeah, she'd kick her butt, like, yeah. No questions asked. Yeah. But that's not but, what but it But everybody else in the ship to. would still have an issue with her. Definitely not. So, Josh and Kylie, did you guys have any other notes that you feel like you want to get out before we move along? I do. I have a couple. Yes. Um, I really liked the ring that the guy had in his estate. Oh, yeah. um, When he called the police. Um, It was pretty fancy. I was just thinking about, like, what I would like to have in a device like that, you know? If, If I could have a ring that would do something awesome like that what would it be sound effects sound effects yes what would or, yours or what would yours be Josh? walking into you know my house and like touching my ring and one button turns on the tv yeah. you know one button turns on the playstation one button I basically starts, got that with song. my google home setup yeah yeah one button starts yeah. you know lighting up the uh the rig that I have for my concentrates right after work. Like it's just one button for all on my ring would be awesome. I think that, yeah, that was definitely a pretty cool contraption. I've got a, I've got some Google smart home setup stuff that basically does everything you're looking for. Is it on a ring though? It's no, but it's on my phone, which is also in my hand. (laughs) True. Is it a ring? It's just as convenient. Is it a ring? It can also be voice activated. Mm. Which is more convenient. Josh, yeah, uh, I don't I know do why you're... Well, I gotta ruin my day. Josh, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know why you're arguing with Ricky so much, Josh. Jeez, why are you arguing about this? Um, Kylie, what would your ring button do? <laughs> oh, man. Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, dispense cigarettes? Um, <laughs> we're so fucking healthy over here. <laughs> you know, it would, but no, that'd be really cool. Living in a trash compactor, dispensing cigarettes. <laughs> dispensing cigarettes. Um, oh gosh, you know what? Jeez, I feel like you should ask me these questions when I have time to really think. It would about be it. to feed the cats. Yeah, I, I'm thinking cat, here. cat related. Oh, or you know what? Yep. To fill up my own water bottle, oh, which is good what Lord. I do probably about 15 times a that, day. Yeah, we need to get a, a droid to get, to, get to fill up your water. Yep, yep, so, yep. oh my god, all of the above, Jesse. Uh, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky D, what would the Ricky D ring do when you click the button? 
call my dog to me. I click oh, the dog. Because she I won't come otherwise. She's doing her own thing. She's just but. mad you're gonna argue with her. Oh, yeah, Jesse, are you, you picking a fight? <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Have you ever seen me pick a fight? Does that seem like something that I would do? Let me just go back like, to the TMA chat. I would pick a fight. <laughs> Take some screenshots, Roy. Roy, what would you? So funny fact, I generally have a pack of crackers near me, uh, just kind of as a snack thing. Uh, so I'd probably go with like spray cheese. You know, ooh yes, cheese ring. So you want you want more of like a Spider-Man wrist rocket for cheese? Oh, but it would be like cheese whiz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. It's a leaning tower of cheese. (laughs) Man, I would do it. Um, I think, I think I would go. It would have to be food related and it would have to be like instant like it would be like i press this button and the exact pizza that i want is like i hit the button and then it's like ding dong and the guy's like hello sir i've got your pizza here it's got pepperoni it's it's cut into six pieces instead of eight pieces like we could show you but that is funny though i have heard that i read an article not too long ago of uh it was weird foods mm-hmm. that the Makes rest of the world energy. think is weird that Americans eat and spray cheese was at the top of the list. Oh, I yeah, you can get it in a, cran- a can like a whipped cream spray. Oh, don't it's though. so disgusting. <laughs> I hate spray cheese. I don't know if there's any dairy in it or anything. There's but. not. It's chalk and Play-Doh and cheese flavor. <laughs> it's just like dried milk. It, it does. It's... Yeah. Like cheese powder, like your mac and cheese powder, kind of yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. So, it's, the dispense, um, it's the dispenser, Roy. There's nothing that's yeah. that you eat that's respectable that comes from a nozzle. Like <laughs> that's true, but you that's know, that's how actually, livestock eats. Have you ever seen the cheese from Seven Eleven? That for the for uh, your nachos uh, and stuff. Oh, see, they probably man, Jesse don't knows have all about that outside of America, right? So well, they got gas stations, though, right? You guys have gas stations. Petrol so, stations. All right. Petra, petrol. <laughs> I've got an interesting fact about spray cheese, and it's I think you can only find oh, it good. in Nebraska State Fair. Right? Okay. Okay. Oh, so geez. the last time I went to the State Fair, uh, they have funnel cakes, right? Normal yeah. funnel cakes. Well, something else they do is they deep fry spray cheese. Basically, they spray it into the flour and everything, and then throw it in like a funnel cake, and you basically have a uh, cheese whiz funnel cake. Like little curlies, yeah. Yeah, but it but it's not actually <laughs> sweet funnel cake. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like pretzel batter. It's yep. like those little crackers my mom likes from the, oh, the East combos? Coast. No, what? They're not. Combos. Oh, combos are the worst. They've got the synthetic cheese on the inside, but they're like little crackers. I I don't know. Again, American <laughs> synthetic cheese. Oh I, God, <laughs> Callie, you, you are missing out on the spray cheese and cheese wins. It's Callie so it delicious. Out. It's so yummy. It is. Callie pointed right. out that Josh was, was correct. Right. Of, of petrol. course, petrol. Petrol to go with your slights of uh, <laughs> Schwarzwalder Kirschtorte. So <laughs> nice, nice. Roy, do you have any other? Oh, I'm not notes done. from the episode that I'm you'd like done. to get out. Oh, sorry, Josh. Go, <laughs> go, go. Um. So the guns that the alliance was at the alliance that they had mm-hmm. the Wonder Waffles, the bubble gun straight from Boop. zombies. I guess 
zombies would have taken that from this because that's exactly what, what this gun was. I just called it the well, Wunderwaffel. I thought the... <laughs> I thought that gun was like lightning based. This is much more like of a force. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something new. Maybe it's from Black Ops 3. Either way, there is a gun in Zombies that oh. does the wind effect that pushes them super gotcha. far away from you. And that's that's all I could think of. Josh, it's funny you mentioned that because I had written down that it actually looks like the gun from uh, Spider-Man, the animated series. Mm. The, the sound gun that they use to get Venom oh off god. of Spider-Man. Venom. Oh my god, yep. that's funny. Spe- speaking of mm-hmm. like... Oh man, I, 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 that was a terrible segue. But the Starship Troopers uniforms, come on. It's getting it's getting a little over the top now. I mean, it's all... Star- well, think about I'm it. I'm pretty sure that one guy was think wearing a uh, freaking Doogie Howser's outfit from Starship Troopers. Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Go back... And watch the first episode of any show that ran for a long time. It looks very different from the last episode of that show that ran for a very long time. <laughs> Had this show been I given its that. proper chance, I bet you they would have upgraded the uniforms and made the alliance a little bit less like cartoon villain. You know, and had them had them be a little more fleshed out of an organization, maybe, or, or we can hope. Yeah, but um, like the least you could do is mix up mix up starship troopers with something <laughs> i you know i guess they did have some street fighter outfits i swear to god there were some street fighter outfits yep. in this as well because it felt like maybe, it. maybe that's you know they were mixing up different hand-me-downs from studios mm. they Right, and that's the benefit of going to different places that we've never seen 500 years in the future right they can go yeah here they all just wear smocks uh, right. Simon wears a basically like a polo zip hoodie in this episode. Like, yeah, and he's just got regular clothes and, on. Oh my gosh! Let's complete. Let's let's just go on a fashion tangent here because freaking Wash's <laughs> vest at the beginning of this, his yeah. like his vest over his onesie yep. was ridiculous. It, like doesn't fit anything. Yeah. Later with the talking. Okay. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Um. Kylie had, I know she had something that she wanted to talk about with uh, Saffron, and I thought it was funny. The first thing that I noticed right away, and then Josh was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. But she, like, I, I don't know, it's got to be awkward to, like, act and run. But this chick is, like, mm. freaking all over the place, <laughs> power like, running, and it's um, like, what is wrong with you, lady? Swinging her arms around like crazy, so like here's, swim okay. Running. Here's the most polite way that I can say this. Um, Christina Hendricks needs a very wide stroke when she swims, right? (laughs) To to avoid um, elbowing herself in places that might make it uncomfortable. So I would imagine she has to run like that so that she's not constantly just injuring herself and applying bruises. Because I... Uh, nice theory. I think that was pretty good. I think that was mostly polite. On I my think part. that yeah, no, that was super <laughs> PG. All right, all right. Does anyone know the name of the actress who plays Saffron? Christina Hendricks. Okay, I so I it, believe yeah. she is also in a new Netflix show that's on its well, it's not new. It's on its third season now. It's like Good Moms or something like that. Uh, is good that Girls? Her? I think. Yeah. Yes. Is yeah. yeah. So she from was also then on Mad to Mad now is, yeah. she's right. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> so and yes, she is still acting and she is still working. She is still beautiful. She's still playing very powerful female characters from what I've heard. My mother-in-law watches that show and she's like very into it. So Sorry. Uh yes, uh thank you Shepard Saxon mm. for doing what I could never do. She's also in, she's <laughs> also, yes, also on Mad Men. Thank you Shepard Rosie. <laughs> I don't know if you guys well, that's. That. I mean, it's hard yeah. to tell. I haven't watched it, but I mean, I watched the first episode, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go watch more Lower Decks right now." Uh, did you have any other episode notes, Josh? Checking, checking. Uh, nope. How about yourself, Roy? I have two. So the first thing I wanted to say is that the Hippocratic Oath that Sam has, or Simon, sorry, Simon mm-hmm. has, and the fact that he shows that to me puts him in the light that he is a true doctor, not just some, you know, quack out in space, you know, just patching guys up for the the fun of it. No, they have a legitimate doctor that knows exactly what he's doing. He's not going to half-ass patch him up. He's going to patch him up. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is I feel like uh, they really missed a chance in this episode to... Because Shepard was... I don't believe he was in it at all, was he? Uh, He had one scene. He had one scene where he is helping them get Jane uh, yeah, okay. down okay, yeah. after he's been knocked out on the hole. And he oh. says something like, this boy weighs, weighs a lot, a or this boy yeah. weighs a ton or something. And, yeah. sign and I went, I accidentally wrote down, oh, look, it's Book. And then... Yeah. <laughs> and Simon yeah, yeah. got this light in his eyes. He's like, Jane's unconscious. I'm gonna yeah. Yeah. Now's my chance. I'm going <laughs> to paralyze I'm this asshole. <laughs> So I think they really missed a, a uh, an opportunity with this episode to let Shepard and Simon shine. Um, I think they could have put this in the episode and it would have given so much more alleviation to that infirmary scene because they could have had Shepard, you know, talking to or having Simon confessing his feelings to Shepard that he mm-hmm. wants to do this and Shepard, you know, basically saying, Hey, you're better than Jane, you know, all this kind of stuff. Have that moment where you let Shepard's religious side really shine through and also have that quandary for Simon's Hippocratic oath. Like, can I actually do this job with someone like this, you know, right. and then have him go in and, you know, basically steal himself to the fact that, yes, we are crew. I'm going to take care of you. I think that would have been, they should have, they should have put something in like that to build more character. So I'm only going to disagree because I feel like we don't need to doubt Simon. Like the point of the scene here is that there is no doubt with Simon and and we know that he has, because it's already been established, we know he has reason to distrust, maybe want to hurt Jane. We know that he has motive to do it, right? We know that it would be fair play because he knows he was already betrayed once. And we know that Jane is vulnerable. So all that stuff is already stacked up for us. And that means that Simon's put it all together too. So for us to go into that, I mean, we're supposed to go in wondering, right? Like, okay, is Simon going to mess with him? And the point of the scene is... Simon doesn't even consider it. He just layers in the 
uh, like we were saying earlier, he layers in the veiled threats. He establishes the situation to put everybody on the same page, and he operates very well inside his element. Um, I feel like if we'd had a scene where he wasn't sure about that, it might have been a disservice to him being very calm, cool, and collected in the next scene going through the steps because it would be kind of like, oh, he was sort of coached through it. But but I see where you're coming from. At, like anybody that wants more character development for any of these characters, I'm not going to disagree with that because like that part I fully understand and agree with. Mm. Um, have you got, have you got uh, any other notes that you'd like to cover, Roy? Those were really the only two that I had. And All right. to well, mention then... that the, the chat is amazing. Oh Just my gosh, the isn't it? Is fantastic. Yeah. They have fun in they have Callie, fun in there for sure. Callie, Rona, Susie, Saxon, uh Hector. It's just every week there are there are people here showing us love, and I can't tell you guys how much that means to us. So with that, let's go ahead and move into our first segment of the week. Our first segment this week, as always, is Simon Says. Simon Says, of course, is where we share our favorite quotes from this week's episode, even if they were not uttered by Dr. Simon Tam. In an effort to keep myself from going first and taking all the best lines, which again I apologize for having done several episodes back, even while we had a guest, I'm going to have Roy go first, and then we will go to uh, Josh and Kylie, and then we'll go with Ricky D, and then I will go last for Simon Says. So, Roy, if you would like to... to I didn't forget Rosie. I would never forget Rosie. Rosie is first in my heart, but she's tied with Saxon, Callie, <laughs> Rona, Hector. I said everybody in the chat. Come on. Yeah, Sam. I'm pretty That's, sure he oh. said Rosie. I feel like I remember you him guys saying are, Rosie. Right, this is... This is hurting me, hurting me bad. I love everybody in the chat. And, by the way, Shepard Saxon, thank you for the fancy shirt. I really appreciate that. So, Roy, if you would like to go ahead with your selection for Simon Says, what was your pick this week? So, you know, I I did have one that I wanted to pick, and we had said it earlier in the episode, so now I'm going to go with a different one. I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with Monty. Monty had my favorite quote of the entire episode, and that was, uh, "So you guys have met." It was so well done too, because they played it in a way that neither of them had said anything yet. They were just pointing guns at each <laughs> other, and he's like, "Oh, it's pretty clear that this has already happened." Callie, you know that I cry at the drop of a hat. Anything <laughs> could make me cry. It doesn't even need an impetus. It could just happen. Um, but yes, to your, to your point. And I love the thing that I really like about that whole scene with Monty is that I, we love him and we, we immediately know what Kaylee means when she's like, wait, but we love Monty. You're like, yeah, we've known him for eight seconds, but she's gosh dang right. We love Monty. He's our favorite ever. (laughs) Teddy bear warrior. Yeah. Like I'm fully dedicated to him for at least the next 20 years. So I, I get where she's coming from. That's an excellent Excellent choice for Simon Says, Roy. Uh, Josh and Kylie, let's have Kylie go first this week, and then we'll have Josh go. Okay. Um, Well, mine was already mentioned, um, but it is when River goes around and she's like, oh, and I could, you know, melt your face off. Um, But no, you know, I can kill you with my brain. (laughs) I like that much better. Um, Melt your face off. Just like that part in particular, just because, (laughs) you know, this whole time, as mentioned before, Josh and I have been 
kind of excited to see where that goes and see what Ripper is all about. Um, and, you know, she straight up said, I can kill you with my brain. So I'm like, ha ha, cool. I wonder, you know, I'm excited to see where that goes. So here's, that's what I was most There's some exposition. Yes. Excellent. Josh? So I'm not even going to try and say it. I'm just going to show you guys what I think it is, what, what it is. And then I'm going to read you the translation because it was my favorite swear word, swear phrase. Um, but this is when Kaylee sees the engine sabotage. She says this phrase and it translates to here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try Tasher Suyo Dior Da Biaoze Da Ma. I don't even know. I tried. Uh, you have to say it with authority. Okay, all right. That translates. It's not, not Jabba the Hut, you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that translates to She's the mother of all the whores in hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a good one. An awesome slam. What? Oh, man. <laughs> I want to learn how to well actually done. say that phrase. So, I mean, no one would ever know what I'm saying. So, right. Let's do it. But that's, so, I don't know, that's, that's kind of. Ricky yeah. D. Well, unless you're at a Mandarin restaurant. <laughs> Which I would refrain from saying that phrase <laughs> at a Mandarin restaurant. I don't know. I'd say it if I drop my chopsticks or not. <laughs> Mother of all the whores in hell! <laughs> There, there, there's a time and place for it. Just no, say. because then that opens up a can of worms. It opens up a can of worms, and I've, I've done it because I don't know how to speak Spanish very well. But each time I try, I just open up a can of worms, and they and, try to have a conversation, and and they have a conversation. Yeah, it just doesn't ever work. So you say a phrase like that in a restaurant, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. He just, he just said all of that." <laughs> And it's funny that you would say that there's a time and place, Roy, because that's exactly the answer that Simon gave Kaylee several episodes About back swearing. when she was trying to get him to swear yeah. more. Yeah, so um, Ricky D, before you give your choice for Simon Says, let me just point out if there's anybody who's at fault for not having brought up these Chinese translations before. All right, go ahead, Ricky D. What's your pick for Simon Says this week? I can agree with that. All right, I'm going to go with Wash. Uh, when they when he finds out that Saffron is on board, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. in space. How'd she get here? I don't remember pulling over. Yep. That's yeah, we're in space. How did she get here? <laughs> like, that's yeah. It and it's for, because from his perspective, they've just been flying. So yeah, He's I, been I, I in love charge that of moment. Where they're going? He's in charge of who comes on the ship. He's in charge of everything going on there. He needs to know who's on the ship. <laughs> and apparently Saffron is one right. of those people. Yep. I yeah, that the whole scene, the family around the dinner table, right? I I just I love that scene. And that we also got that moment where Saffron, you know, Yosef Bridge gave the um <laughs> she's like, Well let me guess, now you're gonna ask, well, if she has all this information, why doesn't mm -hmm. she just walk in there and take it herself? Yeah. And then they have like three or four other points brought up. And then Jane goes, I got a question. If she has all that information, <laughs> how come she don't just walk in there and take it for herself? And like, there it is. And then, bing, bing, there bing, you bing, go. bing, 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 bing. <laughs> is Jane dumb? According to this phrase, yes. <laughs> I don't think he is. I think 
he was bringing the point up again because she didn't address it. She deflected it by bringing it up herself. So he was saying, okay, 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 but please address the point that was already brought up the first time. He was just phrasing it poorly because, again, ineloquent Jane. We haven't haven't moved on from that original question. Just the the whole thing. No, no, it's good. It's good to have uh, a through line. Can I throw out one more? Definitely, please do. Uh, At the very end of the episode, when Inara is shutting Yosef Bridge in that dumpster, I don't know if anybody else caught it, but she just, she barely squeaks, like, out of the dumpster as it's closing. You can't lock me in here. I have a condition. Yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. notice that, and I was like, oh, my God, if somebody told her to wear a mask, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I have a condition. Saffron, <laughs> the Karen space. Yeah. Yeah, space Karen. <laughs> Well, Yo there's Saf the title Bridge of the episode Care. right there. Space I did. Karen. I did really like that scene. <laughs> and you finally get it's like it's like you're the whole episode, right? You're waiting for the Inara Saffron showdown because they gave you that in the recap. They're like, remember they had this moment that was really intense and you were like, Oh my gosh, they're gonna kiss but then they didn't and then oh she escaped. God. So yeah. you were like, Okay, that's gotta be coming in this episode, right? There has to be a reckoning. Like this is the boss for Inara and Inara is the main character. So like, what are we gonna do here? And then for Inara to have just, Inara shows up in her nicest stuff, right? She's like, I am so confident that you are literally just stuck in a trash can that I'm just gonna dress up, hang out and hold the gun on you. That's that's how cool I am. That's probably why I wrote down Inara is so damn cool. And she's holding an old malfunctioning gun on her. Well, and she has. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she has the other. I like that. Um, and she has the other gun, you know, just in case. Sure. Um, yep. So my pick for Simon Says this week, um, I already said it during the episode, but that was um, Mal. When he is in the shuttle with Saffron, he says, I've seen you without your clothes on before but I never thought I'd see you with naked. So he understands completely the difference between, you know, physical vulnerability and emotional vulnerability. And I think that adds so much beautiful, emotional, intelligent context to the scene at the start with him and Inara, right? Because that means that she probably went, whoa, Mal, you're really insecure about this petty thing, right? And he went, okay, look, yes, I'm, insecure about it and she goes no 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 no. that's great we'll use that she'll be totally all over that and we can you know hatch this plan so i think that was meant to be you know part of our illustration like mal is actually thinking way more steps ahead than we even think he is even at that point in the story right because we thought we were caught up at that point when we were like okay this is real time but we weren't there was still more to go from there so i really like that that would be my pick for simon says this week the other thing that happens to me when I watch Firefly every Friday night is that inevitably I have to suddenly reach over and grab my sunglasses and put them on my face because the episode that we are watching, Ricky, is so shiny. How shiny is it? That's a very good question, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. 
And instead of just throwing my answer out there like I want to do, I'm going to repeat the same pattern as we did for the last segment. So we'll have Roy go first, then Kylie and Josh, then Ricky, and then me. Roy, how shiny on a scale of 1 to 10 is this episode for you? Mm, you know, it, it's it's not one of the better episodes, honestly. Um, I do feel like it had some points that they shined, but uh, I think I would probably go with it i'm gonna say 6.5 just just barely under passing what would you say kylie um i'm gonna go ahead and go with a solid eight um i do think that this episode in particular was a lot of fun um lots of mentionable moments um but again there's you know some other episodes out there that i thought were a lot more perfect um but i think a solid eight is a good one for this yeah man and i'm i'm gonna this is probably my least favorite episode of the entire series i'm gonna go with a six on this guy uh no real particular reason i guess i just wasn't that invested in it i really hate the character of saffron i don't think she needs to be around like can somebody leave? Can somebody please leave? So when I was a kid and my stepmom first came into my life, every time we would sit at the dinner table, I would sit there and look at my dad and go, can somebody leave? And I think it's, it's hilarious, apparently. Yeah, so Kylie <laughs> so likes to bring it up. All the but, time. <laughs> but yes, that's exactly what I would say to Saffron if I was on the dinner, uh, on the, at the table with, with the family. crew. Can I would somebody just leave? look at Mal and say, can somebody leave? I, you know, th- I, it's very passive aggressive. <laughs> I just think it's the funniest thing. <laughs> I didn't think it was very funny. Like it had some funny spots and whatnot, but I think one of the main reasons I found comedy in it was because I looked up the translations. Once I started looking up translations, I started really like, dude, Mal, when he first walks into the estate, he says, Holy testicle. Like, come on, man. These translations are gold <laughs> in, in just this episode alone. <laughs> and so I, I did enjoy that. But in a way, I kind of had to dig for it. It wasn't like out of gas where I was just in it, you know, and like sucked into right. the episode yeah. the whole time. I was kind of, you know, they said something in in Mandarin or Chinese and... And I was like, I wonder what they were saying. Because I just wasn't as invested. So because of that, right. I have to I have to give it a six, which I believe is my lowest rating of the entire series, which is sad to me because I don't like to give things low ratings. But I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, to be honest. Um, so uh, Ricky D, what is, how shiny is this episode for you, my friend? I'm going to throw out 7.5. It is my favorite episode, but it is also flawed. Uh, It's got a lot of exciting parts. I don't hate Yosef Bridge the way Josh does. I can kind of appreciate her as a character. But I do think I hate pretty people. (laughs) And it's hard to... I think that I've got that just, like, coursing through my Now I see where the animosity between you and Jesse comes from. Yeah, I was going to... 
I can <laughs> No if, question. If, no question. Yeah, this dude. is hard for you. So I Thank did. you. This is, it's all you, Ricky. You it's all you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Yosef Bridge as a character, but uh, uh, there is some kind of weird animosity hanging out, and it just wasn't the best episode. So 7.5. Uh, Josh, I uh, seven point five. I have you tallied, Ricky D. Thank you, Josh. Um, to Rosie, it it distracted me while I was watching. That's kind of why, because it was, and it was honestly when Mal walked into the the estate and he said the Mandarin, and I was like, huh, I wonder what he said there. And I look over at Kylie, and I was like, <laughs> he said holy testicle. <laughs> And then it just, I, I spiraled, man. I spiraled. Cause then I was like, well, what were some of the other phrases they said? (laughs) So now I want to know. So I guess that means that, uh, all we have left is my rating for this episode. Um, I had initially had this episode at a six out of 10, um, and I think just mirroring some of the sentiment that you guys are putting down was like, it's not that it's a bad episode. It's that so many episodes, especially of all of the ones we've been watching recently, have been very, very high caliber. If yeah. you follow our show on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast, you saw our recent infographic with the last five episode ratings, and they are all like, on average, they're all higher than the first half of the series. So it feels like maybe this is just a necessary you know, dip on the roller coaster. Um, So I started it at a six out of 10 and then I gave it another point back actually for some of the moments in it, just because those moments still hit me even on this rewatch. And I was laughing out loud knowing they were coming. So that's worth something to me. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's part of what we love about Firefly as people who have seen it before is that we can go back and pick up new little pieces and new little tidbits and we can find new intricacies to the relationships and small little details on the ship that we never noticed before. Josh, I'm just going to send you the list of all the Han Solos because I know you're not seeing them and it's not I'm, your fault. They're very I'm hard I'm seriously to find. not finding any of them and I'm very sad so, <laughs> because we're now 11 episodes deep and I haven't yeah. seen a single should have seen one except the pants that Mal wears constantly. That's like, yep. Well, not constantly. Yep. <laughs> not <this> well, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's a very that's a very good point, Ricky D. Um, Shepard Saxon is referring to the Fox OB, which is the original boards, the old boards. There were message boards on Fox. Uh, website when the show was running and some of the actors from the show would actually participate on there so Rosie and Saxon and their whole crew actually were online in the forums with them so you know watching a a podcast about the show and commenting live on it is not new to them it's maybe just a different medium Um, Rosie and Saxon are OG brown coats like very strong Firstborn, right? <laughs> no, Callie, um, I so, am not, and it's very disappointing. <laughs> we'll send, we'll send, we'll do a whole series of Instagram and Twitter posts for Josh so that he can, like, you know, fully appreciate all the stuff that's in here. Oh, yes, to Shepard's point, uh, creator Joss Whedon also participated on the old boards, so it was a direct main line. It's kind of like how Twitter is now, where you can actually get direct contact with creators of stuff. So, um, I put all the scores together, you guys, and that brings us to a 7 out of 10 for this episode. 
Um, not a super low score. Again, not as high as the scores on the episodes that we've been getting. Um, but I like it's it's like Cameron was saying, and you know the bedwet the gals from Bedwet and Behead, Meg and Carla were saying, you almost don't need the first half of your scale for this show. Mm-hmm. You could almost just grade it on a bell curve, right? Like start at five and have that be your zero, because even the clunker episodes of this show are better than ninety percent of TV. And I fully agree with where they're coming from with that. Yeah, I would assume that this is probably the the least. Um, I don't know. The, I can't. I can't think of the, the, but probably the worst episode in the entire series. I would guess that this is one of the worst because of the fact that it got cut a, mm-hmm. and that we just gave it a seven out of ten. And we are pretty good judges on this show. Mm-hmm. So I would like to point I out mean, this is my favorite episode. I already put that up you, there. You I did. put the banner up there, Ricky. Yeah, I'm just saying enough well, trash did you talk, look? Guys. <laughs> it's for the, for the first time you actually said it in your recap. So we were good this time. Um, Here we go. Arguing so, again. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm saying he was good. I was boosting his confidence by saying he'd already covered it this week. Um, I'd, li- I'd like to say one thing about the entire series, if I can. Go ahead, so, Roy. I assume you know our rules about spoilers. I know. It has nothing to do with the rest of the series or anything like that. It's actually about the way the series is formatted. And uh, if you've been watching, if you caught the original intro when we were talking, I'm big into tabletop role-playing games. So here is something like Joss Whedon. Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk, they all play Dungeons and Dragons and various other games. But if you notice the entire series as you go, it's never the full crew doing a mission. It is a select few. Thus, like party. most tabletop a party, an adventuring party. So a landing like, party. There you go. <laughs> like uh like most adventures, you have this small group built up and they work their way through an adventure or a dungeon. And that's exactly what Joss Whedon is built don't, this show to don't be. Don't most don't most creators of shows like this like didn't they pl- grow up playing role playing games did. though? I think I think the- most like directors, writers, those kind of things that make successful shows. Like I guarantee the dudes that made Game of Thrones played a shit ton of D&D uh, when they were kids. Interesting fact, Joe Maganello, um, he plays Deathstroke. Uh, he's also mm, in Magic yeah, yeah. and a v- ver- variety of things. He runs a celebrity D&D game at his home in his basement that he's turned into a dungeon. Yes. And some of those people are John Favreau, ah. uh, Paul White, the big show from wrestling. Uh, Joss Whedon has played with them. James Gunn is a uh, recurring. See, and they're probably um, all really good too. They, I'm sure they're like you know they're just zipping along yeah. in this game. You know, where some people that that you see streaming are struggling, whereas like these big major motion picture directors and writers are like, oh, I know all about this game. I've been writing and playing yep. this game since I was a kid. So the, the funny part is most of these episodes were already written adventures. They had ran 30 years before for their friends. And they're like, you know what? This would make a great episode of a space Western. Let's exactly. do this. See, <laughs> and look at that, that's, so, I mean, Every character has their place, obviously. You know, um, you have your Mal, place. Mal is, is the corner. 
Mal is your charismatic leader. And then, I mean, you have like Inara, she's your charismatic bard. She entertains and facilitates relations outside of the party. Like I said, tabletop role-playing games, that is what you're basing this entire series on. Yeah, I dig it. All right, well, the last bit of ship's business that we have to handle this week is a little thing that we like to call the Sudden But Inevitable shout-out. Now, I'm going to start the Sudden But Inevitable shout-out this week by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, to Cameron, Marcy, Rob, and John of the Green Shirt Podcast. Uh, Last night, I had the pleasure of being their guest, and we talked about the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Night Terrors, which is great. If you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it and then listen to the episode. It'll, I think it's... uh, it's like two to four weeks out uh, from release right now, but it's it's on its way. You only have 89 episodes of Green Shirt to catch up on before my episode comes out. And I definitely recommend you do that because I dropped very subtle hints to every other Green Shirt episode ever in my appearance. So you're going to need to listen to get everything. I'm, I'm so excited to go be on that show. <laughs> like... I am. I'm really excited to see Josh there because I know Cameron is mostly a Star Wars fan, and they like he's he's got the, you know, they're forcing Star Trek on him. So I'm interested to see how you guys mesh. Um, The regular sudden but inevitable shout out is going to start with the podcast about relationships called the Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast. Um, That's at MP Weirdo Podcast on Twitter. You can follow there and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. They have just been so supportive of us on Twitter. They've been retweeting our links, um, sharing our promos with our little animated stupid brain guy and, you know, helping us get our follow Fridays going, stuff like that. Um, In that arena, we actually just passed 300 followers on Twitter today, you guys. Like, I was looking at our numbers today and I put out a tweet that was like, hey, we could break 700 downloads and 300 followers on the same day. Anybody have any friends? And I'm no joke. We're at like 319 now. So big, big thank you to everyone in the Twitter community, the Pottern family, as it's called. Definitely amongst those people is the at MP Weirdo podcast. But to be very specific, the last part of my shout out is going to go to at Quit the Build, which is the Quit the Build gaming podcast. They were follower number 300 for us. So thank you very much to Quit the Build. Definitely go follow them on Twitter and check out the Quit the Build Gaming Podcast. Now, uh, let's have, if you guys have any shout outs, let's go ahead and do Roy, Ricky, Josh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, so my shout out, I'm going to give to a Twitch streamer. I stream a lot on Twitch and I've been slowly building up some relationships with friends on there. And uh, I want to give my shout out to at Ixie Sticks. She is a variety streamer. Uh, she does a lot of indie games. And one of her big things is she does common based chat where she just chats with the uh with her followers and she does poetry they do on the spot create poetry depending on you know whatever the the followers want to see so she is a, a very lively person i think you would enjoy her very much uh go check her out on twitch she also has an in- instagram on at 
Ixie sticks as well. Very cool. Uh, Ricky, I believe you have a very cool Sudden But Inevitable shout out this week. I do. Uh, Josh, do you have that picture I sent you? I do. Cool. Uh, I like to hang out in some of the Facebook uh, Firefly groups. One of them that I frequent is Everything Firefly and Serenity, because brown coats know. And in this group, I found this kind of cool cocktail. If you want to throw that up on the stream. This was made by... Uh, he didn't want to give a name, but he's going by Spider Spence, like Spidey Sense. Uh, <laughs> but he made it. That's that. what it looks like. And I've also got the recipe. I will be posting this on the SBI Twitter. So, Jesse, I'll go ahead and let you know. But the, Thank you, sir. Yeah, the recipe is a half shot of triple sec, a half shot of blue curaco, two full shots of grape vodka, and then you squeeze one blackberry and one mandarin slice into the shaker. Shake. Uh, pour and garnish with additional blackberry and mandarin orange slice. Add Pellegrino and one ice cube. Blow cannabis smoke over the top of drinks. <laughs> Very important step. <laughs> yes. Is that really simple. in the steps? Or you just throw... Oh, yes, wow. it is. That's, that's no, hilarious. That's part of that's his instructions. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. They look... They're supposed to be like the two-by-two two hands of blue. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why he chose Alliance for the name of it, that kind of thing. It was really cool. And uh, he was in the chat earlier. That was the guy with the drunken Homer. <laughs> oh, uh, Hector avatar. Spencer. Yeah, Hector. Thank okay. you, Hector. Thank you for coming. Well done, the Alliance Cruiser cocktail. What a fitting, uh, I'm picture. digging that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that's such so a shame well I can't follow that recipe. And I'm in no, Nebraska, yeah, it's... so, you know, oh, some of that's gotcha. not legal here. <laughs> but the rest of it, the rest yep. of it sounds great. I'll go with that. And uh, we'll, maybe when I come up to Colorado, your guys' parts, and you know, later this year. Oh, I see what you're saying. They don't, they don't sell triple sec in Nebraska. Okay. It's too heavy out there. Um, too heavy. So, <laughs> so Josh. Yes. I believe you have a shout out this week I do. as well. Um, I'm actually really excited to get one of, it's a follower from Sudden But Inevitable, um, but she is actually from Colorado and she's going to come be on the Twist My Arm podcast here this next Thursday. We're going to do an interview about her podcast, which is called the Next On Stage One podcast. Um, oh. She goes by at Next On Stage One. Her name is Pixie on Twitter. Um, she's great, though. She does a lot of cool stuff for us, sharing, retweeting. Um, and I listen to whatever podcast. Yeah, and week. now she's going to come be on a show. I'm so excited to do an interview with her. I, I love doing interviews in general, um, but this is going to be such a fun topic because it's basically just about her show, but her show is about um, the adult entertainment industry. And, you know different nuances next and on stuff. stage so one. That, could, that could always be fun yeah so kylie you know you got to get in on that too if you want to get in on that and jesse might be there it's just gonna be a sudden butt party so pixie is the most gracious wonderful generous person on twitter she is like i mean she's like 
having a PR firm on our uh, behalf. Yeah. Like she retweets and likes everything. It's insane. Yeah. Like she's the most helpful, wonderful person. Like she was one of the first to like and retweet as soon as I was like, Hey guys, can we get to 300 followers? She was like, everybody, you know what to do. And it, it's just like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm very excited for Pixie's interview and I'm very excited to hear a new episode of the twist my arm podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we had an episode. Of it twist has. My arm and you know, speaking you know, of shows on the network, what else is going on this week, you guys? Well, hang on. I wanted to give one more sudden but shout out because during the recording oh, of this show, look, I've been on Twitter for a while now, but when we really started ramping up this show, I only had about six followers, and we started doing that probably at the end of January. Um, today, during the show, I uh, we had our 100th follower a game for a movie podcast and Michael Shane were the hundredth followers. Okay. So I would like to so give them. Michael I'm Shane, already friends with them. Michael Shane is actually Shepard Glitterrock. Oh, nice. I believe. Nice. Well, thank you. Uh, so very cool there. And game for a movie podcast is very cool. They have competitions where they play a game and whoever loses has to watch a movie. I believe it's a movie that the a others chose. Is yes, they, it's, it's a, bad a bad movie. Okay, that sounds yes. awesome. Like Sharknado. Very that cool. sounds great. Yes, I'm gonna check them out. And I'm just a huge yes. shout out to them because I I don't work too hard on my twist my arm Twitter. I've been working a lot on um, the gaming, the Marvel Cinematic Monday, well, which is now Marvel Canon Madness, and just a lot of other stuff I've been working on. So it's just cool to to see it kind of progressing slowly but surely. And huge thanks to those guys for that. Yeah. The the Twitter community for podcasters is it's blowing me away how positive and generous it is. I fig- I've always heard that Twitter is a terrible place and you know maybe it was up until recently and we'll leave it at that. Um <laughs> but there are other things going on in the Twist My Arm network this week. So we have Best Flicks with Ricky D with just dropped a new episode uh last Monday and you can definitely check that one out. Ricky D, what's going to be on your next episode of Best Flicks? Are you do you know that yet? Yeah, I think I'm going to be doing, uh, we're running into the end of the month, so I've kind of got a decision to make. I can either do all of the new products, that are, or all the new shows that are coming to Hulu, or I could do a special episode where I uh, look at everything that's coming off of all of the different streaming platforms, mm-hmm. HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and I can highlight some of those and just say, hey, here's 50 different shows that we're losing. You've got one week. Start watching. Very cool. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Gives me a a chance to go through and watch the things that I've been procrastinating on. And Josh, I'm going to have Roy mostly talk about his stream, Intrepid DM. So if you would like to give us a quick look at what's going to happen with Marvel Canon Madness this coming Monday. Um, So the normal Marvel Canon Madness show is every other Monday. Um, When (laughs) Basically, we set it up to... When there's a Marvel TV show on, we will be doing a show to review that certain episodic show each week. But if there's not a show on, it's an every other Monday podcast. Um, Obviously, there's going to be plenty of uh, warning and stuff for that. But um, this next Monday is going to be just kind of a strictly Fat W's Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode where we just break down episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so it, it'll be a lot like this where it's just, you know, 
reading a synopsis and going through the episode. We'll probably catch up on things that we missed on episode one. It'll be these filler episodes between the big MCM shows are going to be the like finish what we were talking about during last week's episode and then talk about this mm. current week. So it's a it's a part two slash, cool. you know, <laughs> episode review, I think. I'm digging it. But all right. So, Roy, other than as co-host of the Marvel Canon Madness podcast here at the Twist My Arm Network, if people want to follow you and consume more of your wonderful content, which I can personally vouch for, I'm not just saying that, how can they get a hold of you and where's the best place to find you online? Uh, so I have a YouTube page. Um, I am actually working on my original content right now. That's at the Intrepid DM on YouTube. Uh, on Twitter, you can catch me at, in, at Intrepid DM. Um, and then I'm also on Twitch, which is my primary for streaming. You can catch me at the Intrepid DM on there. Right now I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3, which is a game that's in early access. It's not completed. There's still a ton of bugs, which makes it fun. Because if you're running down a dungeon, you kill a, say, a bugbear. The bugbear freaks out and just splits up amongst the screen. It's really weird. Uh, have a lot of fun on it. Um, and then, like, every other Tuesday, I run a live D&D game for some friends of mine on Twitch. And... You know, anything can happen. That's a lot of improv on that part. So <laughs> no uh, kidding. I have to adjust to what my players are doing. So if you've ever wondered what tabletop role playing games are about, it's a good instance to come in, see what happens. Uh, like I said, Firefly is very reminiscent of it. So um, other than that, on the MCM, you better believe next episode, I will have probably about four pages of notes uh i will probably have, I have to about four correction four pages of corrections for our next episode so <laughs> yeah i have to tone down my pages because i take way too many notes and i pay too much attention <laughs> yeah man four pages that's a lot i i so, you know they have, I'm, I'm cool with that though the more notes the better because then we're at least we're covering everything you know right. that's great. Yeah. are you actually yeah. using pen and paper also yes all right <laughs> uh, yeah so this is first page of notes for this episode ricky's defensive this week if you want yeah it's almost like ricky wants to argue for the sake of it <laughs> yeah yeah no no i'm building a relationship with roy <laughs> a relationship they just became best friends a jesse jesse uh you and i are gone hey buddy <laughs> Well, you guys, before we get out of here, I just, I have to, I have to, one more time. I'm going to try and go through all the names that I've seen in the chat. Rosie, Callie, Rona, Saxon, uh, Hector. Is that it? All of you. I, Valerie, Aunt Valerie, thank you so yeah, much. Really, you guys, like... thank you so much for being here. You, you're you all at different times. Like, it's four in the morning. It's eight at night. It's it's eleven o'clock for us. I just you guys, for you to be here with us for two hours on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, 
it, it continues to just hit me in this part of my heart that I always forget about until we get to this part. And then I'm like, oh, you guys, this is the hard part. This is where I get, uh, 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 again, Rona, why do you put that comment right there when I'm trying to... Anyways, <laughs> I appreciate the comment, Rona. It's just that I'm reading them very fast, and it's it's very easy to misread those things. I'm sorry. Anyways... Thank you. Oh, and that's the funny part too is that Aunt Valerie is in California. So we've got we've got Val in Cali, Cali in Germany, Kylie in Denver, <laughs> and Kaylee on the TV show. So Thank you all for being here live with us. And thank you, everybody who's listening to the podcast version of this. I don't ever mean to leave you out. And if I ever have, I'm so sorry. I appreciate you just as much as the people that are here. It's just that the people that are here are really good looking. So I, it's easier for me to remember. Um, if you would like, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. You can follow this show on Twitter at SuddenButt. You can also follow this show on Instagram at SuddenButInevitablePodcast. And if you want to get all of that stuff in one place, you can go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI. Josh, go ahead and hit that music. If you'd like to be part of the show, the easiest way you can do that is by calling 508-93-TWIST. Give us your Simon Says, give us your correction, give us your rating. I am going to go ahead and call it, you guys. This week, I have been Jesse. And I'm Roy, the intrepid DM. This is Ricky. I'm Kylie. And I'm Josh. Kylie, what's the episode of Trouble with Tribbles? Season 2, episode 15. Yeah. Josh, take us out of the world. I've got more issues.